Coming up on the DMV Sports Roundtable, is the season already over for the Redskins? Major injuries, got a major holdout, still lingering as Dallas is in town on Sunday. Dead coach walking, has Jay Gruden already checked out on the season? We chat with Ben Standing of The Athletic on the state of the Burgundy and Gold. How about Maryland football? Ranked! We'll dissect with Dave Preston on the rise of the turtle. That's all now on the DMV Sports Roundtable. Joining us now on the DMV Sports Roundtable, Ben Standing covers the Redskins for The Athletic. Hello, my friend. How are you? Gentlemen, I am I am great. Thank you for uh, having me. Exciting. Always exciting to talk to you guys. He's You're an like, old friend of the program. He's you know, an old Frank. friend. Okay. Yeah, he, he's like the Adam Schefter of D.C. Oh, I know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's why we have him on yeah, here. Yeah, I know. What is uh, the latest? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this, Ben, covering the, the Redskins. Um, do people realize how many issues they have, or is it kind of like Trump where you just – you just kind of accept all the ridiculousness as we move forward and just say, well, this is just the Redskins because you got still no Trent Williams. It seems like your coach is checked out. You don't know if tight end Jordan Reed's going to play. Uh, no Darius Allen. Geis, Jonathan Allen. I mean, the list is just. It, does, it feels like, you know, huh. what we're talking about, it feels like we're in week eight. <laughs> it's already. only week two. Yeah. So I guess basically yeah, we... what's the litmus test of this this ball club in week two? Yeah, the only thing you didn't add to that was like, you know, how do you like to play Mrs. Lincoln, right? I mean, it's uh, exactly it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree that, that, that it feels like it's week eight is is true. I think the crazy part is when we left Richmond, they were fairly healthy. Okay, yeah. fine, Trent Williams was not around at that point, but you know, we didn't quite know where that would go. Mm-hmm. But everybody else, you know, I think. You know, I mean, Colt McCoy was banged up, but you know, at the end of the day, it's your third quarterback, and it's only been. You know, I think Fabian Moreau got hurt in the second preseason game. Jordan Reed got hurt in the third game, and it started to snowball from there. And the fact that you now – I mean, on top of all that, you know, they cut Josh Dotson, your 2016 first-round pick. Your 2017 first-round pick, Jonathan Allen, who missed a bunch of games as a rookie, is probably going to be out this week, I would imagine. Your 2018 second-round pick, Darius Geis, looks like he's going to miss significant time for the second straight mm-hmm. season. And then, of course, Jordan Reed, uh, you know – I was not one of those people who was feeling optimistic just because they cut J.P. Holtz earlier in the week. I need to see Jordan Reed actually play the full practice, have Jay Gruden say to us, yep, he went through all the drills, he's good. And that has not happened, and he has not looked right to whatever that means, like just in the little bit we get to see out on the practice field. So, hey, you put it all together and you're just like, wow, <laughs> how is this team going to get this done? And, like, the issue for me this year, like when everybody wanted season predictions – like I could see nine win upside. The problem was that the downside was just too easy to get there yeah. because it was like a Jenga board, you know, a Jenga game. But you move one piece out, and all all of a sudden things start to fall apart. Reed obviously a huge key in the passing game. John Allen the best defensive lineman they have, so on and so on. And by the way, I didn't even mention the secondary: Monte Nicholson, Quentin Dunbar, Fabian Moreau. All those guys are on some somewhat questionable for this week. So yeah, there's question marks all over the place for sure. And Caleb, uh, Caleb Brantley, too. Let's not forget about that. So let's see. If those guys are out up front, Ben, I mean, you know, we saw what Dallas did last week. Okay, fine against the Giants. But, you know, if Dunbar, let's say, is who's missed two straight days of practice now and Brantley's out, Jonathan Allen's out, I mean, it's going to be a tough test for that defense. I mean, let alone the communication issue that we've talked about and that Josh Norman was talking about last week that is going to get fixed, he says. But, you know, there's still tons of question marks on defense, especially if those guys are out this week. 
Yeah, no, no doubt. I, you know, the, uh, look at the defensive line. The one thing we could say about this team we, we all felt pretty confident about going into the season was that defensive line with yeah. Alan Payne, Ionitis, and Tim Settle in particular, with Brantley as the fifth guy, that was the rock of this defense and maybe of the team, that this would be where they would have a strength. Now two games into the season, Allen is probably out. Brantley has been banged up. That means 40% of their defensive rotation are two guys that weren't on the team when they announced the original 53-man roster. Uh, Hester and McGill, two guys they just picked up. And that's key in a game against Dallas where you know Ezekiel Elliott's going to run a lot. You're going to need to keep your defensive linemen fresh, rotate them in and out. And, um, you know, I, I – uh, my colleague at the athletic, I say my colleague at the athletic. Like I've never, I've never met Mike Lombardi. I think we all know who he is. But uh, <laughs> yes, he technically writes. He writes uh-huh. for the athletic, but you know, technically he's my colleague. So he wrote a piece that, uh, Friday morning, kind of slamming the ownership here. You know, not, 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 you know, someone of an easy target, explaining all the reasons why Dan Snyder has not been able to uh, get this thing going forever. And but one of the things he pointed to in terms of the interim was the fact that in his take, and I'm sure he talks to people around the league, that the Redskins are not a team that is um, completely, like, they're not in game shape yet. That they, He wrote basically mm-hmm. that they look winded uh, yep. at, at points against Philadelphia, and that's why that was a problem. And now, like I said, you're going into a Dallas game against a really good offensive line, against that running back. You already have to deal with that passing attack that they showed last week. So, but yeah, there's a lot of reasons to be concerned. By the way, my friend of mine had me help her do her pick pool this week. I picked the Redskins. Why? Because it makes no sense. <laughs> That's right. I, I was leaning towards uh, that way too, Ben. By the way, five was, and a half is that yeah, what it is? Yeah, I was leaning that way. Now, this was just straight up, even. I didn't oh, straight even do up. that. It was just straight up. Wow. I'm like, you know what? No, wow. it, makes, it makes no because sense. Because it makes no sense. Yeah, makes, You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Uh, ben Standig of the Athletic joins us here at DMV Sports Roundtable. Got to ask you about Jay Gruden. Uh, is he going out uh, like the guys in uh, what was that Wild Wild West movie, Sundance Kid? <laughs> Butch it. Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. He's just going out guns blazing. Is is that why he 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 basically benched Adrian Peterson because he knows that pretty much his uh, his tenure is is uh, is maybe not going to be here uh, next year? Do you think he's just had enough and he's just going his way? You know what? Um, well, I'll I'll go back to the gambling mention for a quick second. Uh, you know, Frank, I know you you dabble you have dabbled in the dark arts at times <laughs> in your life and, and allegedly, 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 allegedly. Well, I will admit that I have in, the, in my past. So, sources. And there were times where you get way in your head, you can't win for losing, and you start asking questions. And at some point, you just have to say, you know what? If I'm going down, I'm making this call. Screw it. And I think mm-hmm. that's Jake Gruden. It feels like that's where he's at on some level. I think he. I personally think a lot of the reasons he gave for sitting Adrian Peterson were valid. I think one that was not discussed enough was that he had said during training camp the idea of having uh, having a running back in the game that didn't always make the offense look predictable, mm-hmm. that you didn't know if you were going to go run, pass, and that, that, that having that type of versatility um, you know, would, would benefit this team. And maybe to some degree we saw that last week you know, with guys in there and then their ability to throw the ball in the first half. With Peterson, it's not that he can't you know, catch a pass, but that's not what you're going to use him for. They become much more predictable when he's on the field. And I think just like at a very basic level, I think Gruden wanted that element. Plus, I think he believes that you know, Geis' potential gives him the playmaker that this offense has lacked, whereas Peterson, he obviously can do some good things. But, you know, it's just a different type of guy. The, the, the upside is, is not there, especially with a 34-year-old and, and all that. And that's just one of those decisions. I mean, he was gushing over Terry McLaurin mm-hmm. way back in Richmond. And whether he was – I don't know for sure if Gruden was somebody pushing Dotson out, but I don't think he was upset to see 
a situation occur where McLaurin got thrust into the into the starting lineup. Um, you know, even the idea that he, you know, everybody always wants to believe he wants Colt McCoy in there. You know, if Colt McCoy doesn't get hurt, is there a chance he's the starter now? I think there is, and I think that's just another example of Gruden sort of just saying, "Get the hell of it." I, 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 I it's not, you know, it's not that he's doing anything in detriment of the team. He's maybe being a little more aggressive with what he wants to do when he can make those decisions. Um, you know, but that's it. I don't want to say this is like a Colonel Kurt situation where he's just going running rogue and, and he's all over the place. But, you know, I, there is something, I think, to the sense of he's being a little more assertive with what he's looking to do uh, this time. You mentioned Cole McCoy. Why is he Why is he still on the team? What, what's the reason behind that? Well, I mean, like let's imagine Cole McCoy was hurt. Now, Case Keenum, I mean, was healthy. Obviously, Case Keenum had a pretty good week one, so no, no reason for any of us to imagine – benching but like if he had struggled and the Redskins started off 0-2 1-4 something like that like I would imagine that Cole McCoy would be the next man up not Dwayne Haskins if the goal is to try to figure out how to win now and I think Gruden wants to keep that option available I get it and I'm somebody who advocated for keeping three quarterbacks on the roster after you know I would do that typically and especially after last year but that said you know we were talking about the Jordan Reed thing and all the other injuries. I mean, it's just becoming a point where how do you mm. keep having all these, you know, I don't want to say dead weight, but like all these guys who can't play on your roster. I mean, just, just in terms of this week alone, if, say, Monte Nicholson is out, there is no other safety. Mm. There, there's no fourth safety. They would probably have to promote Jeremy Reeves from the practice squad. Well, I mean, somebody has to get cut. If Jordan Reed doesn't play, yeah, unless you only want to go with two tight ends, you have to pick up somebody from somebody from the practice squad or elsewhere. That means cutting somebody else, and so on and so on. And so Colt, having guys like Colt McCoy, now Darius Geis, at some point I think you're going to have to see some guys move to IR. It won't stun me at all by the time anybody's listening to this podcast. We've already heard of one or two guys going on IR. I'm not saying Colt McCoy, but I think we're probably reaching a breaking point where they're going to have to make some changes. We are taping this on Friday afternoon, so uh, we'll see what shakes out over the next couple of days. Uh, the Redskins did look very good in the first half against Philadelphia, and then maybe conditioning issues, second half adjustments just weren't there. That is one thing, George and Ben, that you just see with Coach Gruden over the years. They just don't well, do and anything in halftime. And it wasn't good that Deshaun Jackson came out and said, not only did he torch you on Sunday, <laughs> but then he comes out and says, I've been in that locker room, oh, and no. they thought they had that game won. So they that's did. never good, Ben, when you hear your former player saying that. Uh, and, you know, then Josh Norman's blaming it on miscommunication issues, which is never good either, that the call's getting in late and then relaying it to the secondary and things like that. So they seem very confident they're going to work those things out. But, Ben, is it is it something that is overlooked because of the way they lost the game uh, um, is how Case Keenum actually played? I thought in the first half, didn't he? I mean, we saw more of a downfield attack than we saw of last year with Alex Smith. So was that overlooked maybe, the play of Case Keenum? Yeah, I think so. Uh, he 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 was the, he was the focus of my uh, post post game story on Sunday. Basically, from the standpoint of Case was 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 pretty good, and you can put it, you can put down talk of Dwayne Haskins for now. Yeah, and you know I've always I don't think I put this in the story, but again to go back to Colt McCoy, I've always been fascinated. Why does everybody think that Jake Gruden wants Colt McCoy in there? It doesn't make any logical sense <laughs> in terms of the the level of player, but. But what, the one difference between Colt McCoy versus certainly Alex Smith and somewhat Kirk Cousins is, is that Colt McCoy has that gunslinger mentality. I, I believe he said growing up he was a Brett Favre guy, and you can see some of that in his play. Now, unfortunately, he doesn't have the skills that Favre does, and that leads to a lot of turnovers. But 
Chase Keenum, I think, does have some of that vibe in him, that, that gunslinger kind of vibe. And we saw some of that last week. I mean, that first half passing attack, I don't remember the Redskins looking that good at any point yeah. uh, in uh, in 2018. And I think that's why I think Keenum maybe is a better fit for Jed Gruden's mentality. Doesn't mean he's the best quarterback. You know, he's a guy. I mean, he's been around the league. He had that great year with Minnesota in 2017. But by and large, he gets passed around, and he's a guy that, look, if you can't kind of figure out a starting quarterback, he'll do. And, and you know, if, if you have a lot enough talent around you, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And if Terry McLaurin and a healthy Jordan Reed and Adrian Peterson and they get Trent Williams back and a lot of all that stuff happens, you know, maybe this thing gets interesting. But, you know, I just said a lot of things that, you know, sort of rank up there with, like, me going to dinner with Mila Kunis. Like, I, I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. So, uh you know, we'll, we'll we'll have to see. It doesn't it doesn't sound. <laughs> uh, it, 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 you know, I think Case Keenum is a good is a solid quarterback. I just think he needs more around him. And unfortunately, we keep keep talking about our Redskins offense that's losing pieces, not gaining pieces. And the thing is, too, last week, remember after Eagles took that twenty one twenty lead, they dialed up the play, same play to McLaurin, he overthrew mm. him. Then the next play after that, Richardson mm. drops the first down. So they weren't necessarily out of it. I mean, you know, look, they weren't going to win that game, but there were still other plays to be made in that game and that Keenum just missed. And I think with time, those things will uh, – I think those things will come. I mean, and, you know, a lot of the talk this week, too, about if you want to hang your heads on something positive from that game was Terry McLaurin. Yes, it's one game. I get it. But you can see why he was praised the way he was coming out of Ohio State. And Jay Gruden told us yesterday, anybody who comes from a program like that – you can see how he's going to come in and be potential to be a starter. Absolutely. And that's one thing that I think will be interesting with regards to Adrian Peterson um, in the sense that, you know, between, I mean, Richardson was on the, Paul Richardson was on the team last year, but obviously banged up for most of it and then went on IR. But now you have him and McLaurin. That's two legitimate speed threats on the outside. If teams are going to, you know, go single coverage on those guys and put safeties in the box to worry about Adrian Peterson, well, okay, great. That leaves the center of the field or at least, you know, shots down the field a little more uh, available for the Redskins. If you put safeties back to deal with that speed, then you, know, you get fewer guys in the box, and maybe that helps not just Peterson but also that offensive line that still has some question marks, even though, you know, they did a reasonable job uh, in terms of blocking in week one. So, you know, interesting to see how that dynamic plays out. But again, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like about McLaurin, uh, the speed we've talked about the, that I thought that maybe the most impressive catch was that one on the sideline where he got over the Eagles defender. Yeah. Uh, it showed strength of his hands, ability in the air to make adjustment. I thought that was really impressive. And, uh, you know, he also just seems like a very smart kid and you, you know, you put it all together and it's easy to see why, why Gruden, uh, has been a big fan since, uh, since day one. Before we let you go, are you allowed to make a uh, prediction for uh, Sunday's game against Dallas? A lot of Cowboys are going to be in the stands, apparently. Oh, you think? <laughs> and, oh, by the way, what's the latest on Trent Williams? <laughs> Sorry. It's just so ridiculous. Wait, what happened with Trent Williams? I'm just asking just, what's the latest because yeah. it's just so well, ridiculous. Well, we saw the picture yesterday at the On play. the uh, Instagram, We yeah. showed Adrian Peterson the picture. Ben, were you in that scrum yesterday, uh, on a Thursday? Yeah. yeah. when we oh showed AP God. the yeah. picture of, uh, of, of uh, Trent. Yeah. He said, let me see that again. His buddy's getting on a private plane somewhere and heading somewhere. I don't think it's DC. <laughs> I don't think it's Dallas. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I mean, uh, you know, all I can say on Trent Williams is, when I, you know, when this thing started going on, you know, in training camp, and you know, all the reports started coming out throughout the weeks now or months at this point about whether he would come back or you know who's who's at fault or what are the Redskins saying? Oh, he'll be back soon. My take was nobody has a clue. 
Yeah, and that's basically what I wrote during the summer. That let let's let's see what happens. And now here we are. And I, you know, we started hearing, oh, he's definitely not showing up. Oh, but maybe he will. And now nothing's happened. So um, I don't know what to make of the Trent Williams situation. My only thought was simply, if you can afford to let six hundred thousand dollar a week checks go by. Uh, Mazel Tov to you, but you know if you're if you're, if you're that strong against this organization for whatever the reason, then take that stand and and you know that's cool too. Uh, but as far as the game itself, like I said, on paper everything looks like it should be favoring Dallas. I think it's a five point spread. Uh-huh. The Cowboys are coming off a big win. The offense looks really good. They've got playmakers on defense, and the Redskins have some talent, but they're also beat up. But like I said, it's the NFC East game, division rivals. Nothing makes sense, and that's why I'll just go on the craziest of limbs and say somehow Redskins 24, Ooh. Dallas 23. But I say that with, like I said, I'm only saying it because it makes no sense. And Thank you know what's funny, Frank? I thought yeah. just you, myself, and Ben could only afford to miss the $600,000 pay week. Oh, no, I thought yes. it was just the three oh, of us. Oh, my gosh. Could do that. Can you imagine that? Unbelievable. <laughs> hey, Ben, thanks, man. At Ben Standing on Twitter, uh, The Athletic uh, as well. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Ben. Guys, always appreciate it. Thanks. Ben Standing, always a great guest. And you're out there Ben's with him fun. all you know, the Ben's time. Ben's fun to be out there with. He's a, you know, he's, he's, he's a, a good pro. guy. He's a fun guy. Yeah. He's a pro. Breaks news all the time yeah. at Ben Standing. Uh, you've been out at the Redskins Park this week. I know it's, you know, cliche to ask. What's the vibe out there? It's, <laughs> one You know, it's like, it's, it's uh, mm. like I said, it feels like it's been – there's been a lot packed in. And the thing is, you can see Jay getting very, uh, you know, he's very, he's on, he's on edge. He's on edge. You can tell in his answers, right? Mm-hmm. Like the other day, he was asked about Jordan Reed. He says for the 3,000th time, he's going, he's still in the protocol. But I don't know about that. If you, uh, all right, whatever. I don't know the, the official language of it, but he's been practicing for a week and a half. Right. And whether he's in, you know, individual or not, he's got his helmet and he's got his pads on. You would think if he was still somewhat, you wouldn't be able to do that. I don't know, but I, you know, um, but you can just tell Jay's on edge. And look, the whole building's on edge. You can tell it's like these guys. Yes. It's this because because last week Same it felt thing. like it felt like you were watching a game from last year. They get up, mm-hmm. they make their own mistakes, they can't hold a lead in the end of the game, and they end up losing the game on. You know, penalties and miscommunication, not making adjustments, right? Stop me if you've heard this before. So that's, I think that is the thing that you don't want to fall into that trap. It's like, here we go again. Uh, You know, I think the defense will get it together. I think that they're just, they they have a chance to be too good right now to not. Um, I can see that. You know what I mean? And I think that, uh, but you got to do it quick because this first five games has been well documented how tough it is, and now you got Dallas coming in to your home, which is going to be a road game. Quote, I mean, yeah, unquote. right. Isn't that sad that <laughs> no. we've come to this? Oh, I would never have thought in a, mi- in a million years. So I was looking no. back. So last year they came off the win in Arizona. The Colts were in town, and they had sixty whatever thousand. Not so even still close twenty thousand. Yeah, and a lot of Colts fans for whatever reason, and that was off a win. You know they were five and two, five and three at one point, the six and three, and still twenty thousand empty seats. And then that Philly game at the end of the year, it was eighty twenty as far as mm. fans. What do you think Sunday's going to be? Fifty fifty. At right? least. At least. At least. You see what they're selling tickets for? I saw that. Yeah. So wow, amazing. So yeah, I don't know. It, it's just a tough. It's tough to to see because you know I don't know. Yeah, I like the guy. I mean, I like the team. I think they got a good guy, bunch of guys in there. I do. But. 
<laughs> you just think it's gonna you're gonna fall in the same same, the same, old, same trap. Old. Yeah. So you hope that's not the case. I think Adrian Peterson did handle himself well last week, just with the whole benching and. You know, he told J.P. Finley they almost came to tears when he heard about Geis' injury because he knew how hard he worked to get back. And, you know, A.P. said, I've been through a lot tougher things mm. than being benched for a week, you know. That's true. That's very true. So, uh, you know, we'll see how he responds. Although, I, yeah. I, I do think he's going to be a man on a mission on on Sunday, don't you? Over, under, real quick, 100 yards for oh, Peterson? Uh, over. You're going to take the over? I'll take yeah. the over, too. Yeah. I bet you're right. I think he goes for 1,000 yards again this year. Wow, really? I'll yeah. take that bet. Let's go under. Yeah. Let's okay. Go. Shake on it. All right. Shake hands on it. All right. <laughs> Georgie, I think it's time we talk some Maryland football. Uh, yeah, two and zero, buddy. <laughs> two and zero, right? And you know who they beat last week, right? Yeah, I know who they beat. Syracuse. <laughs> Anybody that could possibly be uh-huh. joining us now that uh, knows a little bit about Syracuse, yeah. well, I don't know. Presto, anyone? Hey, hold on, hold on. After that comment, I'm I'm, I'm having trouble coming in. I think my <laughs> connection may be getting lost. Oh, yeah, hey, man. You know you what, know? George? Uh, heck of a win. Nice victory for uh, Maryland. They. Uh, Dominated on both sides of the ball, and uh, you know, even though they're averaging over 70 points a game so far this season in their 2-0 start, it's their defense that's really yeah. impressing me. They're getting off the field. They're causing turnovers. Key turnovers in the first halves of both of their wins really helped put things away before intermission. What uh, is the difference with Mike Loxley there? You've covered this team for many years, Dave Preston with us. Uh, just on the surface, what's what's the biggest difference with him now as the head coach? Approach, I think the buzzword uh, for this current program is family, as opposed to uh, I think with DJ Durkin there was a feeling that he was really he was a really intense guy. Yeah. He was you know all this and mm-hmm. the focus I think with uh, Randy Edsel, right or wrong, was discipline and how there was going to be discipline and fundamentals. This kind of takes you back to when Ralph Friedgen was here, and Ralph said before his final game that uh, bowl victory at the Military Bowl at RFK over East Carolina where he said, hey, I have I have three daughters, but I have 120 sons. I'm not saying that Mike Loxley is as close to this team as Fridge was to his and his players uh, after 10 years at the helm, but I think the approach is similar, and obviously there's focus. Obviously there's accountability on both sides of the ball and with every position group, but I think the difference is that, one, they're out from under the cloud that surrounded this team all of last year uh, following the death of Jordan McNair. Two, uh, there's there's the focus of this is a program that uh, has come together uh, in doing fun things together, whether it's karaoke, and as Coach Loxley said, very bad karaoke, mind (laughs) you, uh, by multiple parties. But it it just feels that this team is on on its own, on on the same page more. And I think lastly, they they have added quite a bit of talent. You look at a lot of the pieces that they added in the offseason, some transfers, some grad transfers, uh, ranging from not just Josh Jackson, who is probably the best quarterback to play at Maryland uh, since I was Sam Hollenbach, uh, you know Danny O'Brien. You, you're going way wow. back, mm-hmm. um, you know, better than. And no offense to C.J. Brown, who's a great guy and uh, is doing a fantastic job on the radio for the Terps this year. But uh, Josh Jackson is the type of quarterback that, for years, you wish the Terrapins mm-hmm. could have landed. Uh, and Jackson's not the only transfer. Uh, Keandre Jones uh, came over from Ohio State. Shaq Smith from Clemson. Uh, Tyler Mabry, uh, the tight end uh, from Buffalo, who made some key catches over the first couple weeks. These are guys who bring the leadership from other programs that are successful that help Coach Loxley build this program on the fly. And it doesn't, while it doesn't hurt that they're good in the locker room, it doesn't hurt that they're 
great on the field too as they've been this fall. And you know, Dave, the uh, just the this is his third stint here, and he knows obviously the landscape of the area. And I think the you know the excitement that he brought. Look, when when Durkin, you knew you knew Matt Canada wasn't going to get the job. Mm-hmm. Everybody pointed to Mike Loxley. Just give right. him a chance. Especially, yes, his head coaching record wasn't what he wanted it to be, but you spent a year under under Nick Saban, which can only help you. You know the area so well. Just the excitement he's brought to to, to College Park since he was hired, since the day he was hired, is almost as right. if this opening day couldn't get here quick enough when it finally did, and then you saw the finished product. Yes, I know it's only two games, and they haven't hit the Big Ten schedule yet, but it gives you some optimism, especially after the last year and what the the cloud over the program. I just think that that is, as you mentioned, you get a chance to exhale, go out and play football, and it's a, you get a new voice in there and somebody who's very familiar with what you need to do in the area. And I think that that has just been the big thing that I think that that's what's gotten everybody to buy in. And I think what also, it, what's interesting about the situation is that you look at, they say perception is reality, and that's often the case. You look at the, when the contrast between Ralph Friedgen and Randy Edsel, uh, regardless of their success on or off the field, uh, bluntly, Randy Edsel looked like a head coach that you would cast in a TV show. He, 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 <laughs> no, it, and, and seriously, he no, looked the part. He looked the part of a yeah. candidate as opposed to the bumbling bureaucrat who might have his shirt untucked, but somebody whose uh, nose is to the grindstone. And I think one of the things that hurt Loxley uh, when he uh, was in consideration for the job uh, when it was open and wound up going to DJ Durkin was – he didn't have the resume. Mm-hmm. The lack of success at uh, at New Mexico definitely was not ideal, and also he he was he was a little on, more on the hefty side. Whereas uh, DJ Durkin was this guy who had the bloodlines, coaching as an assistant at Michigan. He was at Bowling Green, where uh, he had he had uh, been under Gary Blackney, who had uh, some experiences at Maryland. He was also at Florida, so he had he had some blue blood uh, programs uh, running through his veins, as opposed to. Where Coach Loxley was, where, okay, he played at Towson, he was at Maryland a few times, he was an assistant at Illinois, and I, there's there's something to be said about uh, style and substance, and while, you know, definitely I would say Durkin and Edsel won their respective press conferences, uh, being a head coach at a college football program is more than just winning the press conference. And Loxley did win the press conference last December, uh, when he was introduced as the new head coach for this program, but he's also won over the program. He's won over the alums. He's won. He's winning over the student body, and right now he's two and zero to start his uh, Terrapin head coaching career. In a, a couple weeks, they play Penn State on a Friday night in College Park. But I, I don't want to get ahead of myself because they got no. Temple uh, this weekend. This is the classic they owe Temple. By the way, they owe Temple this is after the last year. Classic trap game. I, I would say yes. But Dave, you agree with me? Last year, they played Temple. The week that DJ Durkin was reinstated for 24 hours, then he was right. fired. Yeah. Then they went out and laid the egg at home against Temple. I think right. the players remember that. If if that hadn't happened, I would say total track game. But I think that this new mentality, I think these players remember. And you heard them say the other day, mm-hmm. they owe Temple one mm-hmm. coming up this weekend. Okay. And, and right? the thing, and the thing is with Temple, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's something in the Schuylkill water up there. Or is it, is it Schuylkill, you know, what, what have you? <laughs> Never heard that it's, before. It's, it's, it's the river. The, the, it's the river that flows through Philly. I, it may, maybe it's something in the water, but 
Temple, for whatever reason, has been a tough out for Maryland, no matter how good either program may be. Last year, they came down to College Park in September, beat a Maryland team that was just a couple weeks removed from upsetting a, a top 25 team in Texas. Yeah. If you remember tw- uh, 2011, the beginning of the end of Danny O'Brien as Maryland quarterback was, I think, a 38-7 to loss. It was, just, it, was, it was a game that was bad from the get-go, uh, even when – uh, you know, under Fridge, Temple was a tough out. And I, this, I think Coach Loxley and company, all they have to do is post the scores for the last five or six games of this series, and this team will not look past the Owls. Uh, this is not as good a team as the one that beat Maryland last year. Anthony Russo comes back quarterback. Uh, he threw, for, he threw for, uh, for over 400 yards in their opening win over Bucknell, but they haven't played since. Uh, his targets are different this year. Uh, the word is defensively. Uh, they'll bring quite a bit just like they did last uh, September. But I think you've got a better Maryland team than the one you had last season. You've got a better uh, team that's able to handle success. I don't think last year's team was necessarily best equipped to handle success with everything that was going on in the program at the time. By the way, 14,500 student ticket requests for the Friday night game. The oh, student wow. seats 10 That's going to be an awesome game. It's going to be a great scene. They're putting temporary bleachers. Just hope they don't leave leave it half-time for the students. Oh, that's cool. All All of a sudden, that homecoming game against Michigan doesn't appear to be too much of a joke. Uh, I'm still bringing Tostitos, Uh, Chips, Uh, Hint of Lime. I thought you were bringing Scoops. Oh, Oh, Scoops this year. I mean, I I left the bag in in my trunk. It it, it holds, right? I mean, I haven't opened it yet. It's college. It's college homecoming. It it all holds. Dave, thanks, man. We appreciate it. At Dave Presto on Twitter, right? Yes, D-A-V-P-R-E-S-T-O, Dav, Dav Presto. Presto. Dav. And be sure to check out Presto's Picks, where not only do we dissect uh, the games that take place this weekend, Navy has a big contest against East Carolina. Virginia entertains Florida State. Virginia Tech has a huge gut check game at home, believe it or not, against Furman. But I also project what Kippy and Buffy, my UVA tailgating fan friends, will be tailgating with. <laughs> this week, it's a meritage. It's always a must-read. Oh, always a must-read. Thanks, bro. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. See you. Time to play some pepper hot takes on hot topics. Jamal Bowens joins us. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing better than the Redskins are right now. I'm, I'm I feel good, but I don't feel good about this weekend. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's get the pulse on how you guys feel about this Dallas game. It's gonna be a lot of Cowboys fans uh, oh, yeah. in, in at FedEx Field. It is no longer. If there ever was a home field advantage, they don't have it anymore. Never at this place. They left with RFK. It left. Yep, with the old. Robert F. Kennedy Stadium. All right, guys, ready to play some pepper? Let's do it. You got one minute after I ask your question, or you're going to hear the buzzer. Should one I play minute. the buzzer for you? You want to hear Has the it buzzer? It's been a minute. That's a long time. Was it a minute last week? It was a minute. It, it was, was a minute. When you hear the buzzer, you got to stop. I know about the buzzer. I'm just trying to remember if it was a minute. Oops, careful. It was a minute. You talked that much, you didn't realize how long you I actually talked. I guess not. That's what I do for a living. All right, it's only week two, guys. <laughs> The question is, is this the same old Redskins? You got injuries, got dysfunction. Is the season lost already, Jamal? Is it lost? Yes, it is. <laughs> I will say this. It's, it's lost for it's how the lost? team is constructed right now. Man. Week four, and this is this is my bold prediction, my hot take. Week four against the Giants, you will see the debut of not only QB1 Dwayne Haskins, but also the debut of your new head coach, Kevin O'Connell. No way. I don't <laughs> week think, four? Week four. No. Because if you go 0-3, I know it's a tough schedule. Somebody's got to go. But Either you knew there was a possibility go, when you wait, saw wait, the wait, schedule. Wait, wait, wait. You're going to have your minute. Hold Man. on, buddy. 
You gonna have your man. That's right. He's right. Get it. Hold on. Week four. This is the only time this five games I see a, a chance to win a game against the Giants. You can very easily go 0-3 right now. You are not going to beat the Patriots. I don't care who you roll out there. You're not going to get a win there. So that looks like 1-4, maybe, possibly. But if it gets to that point, Jay has already he's lost the reins. He, he lost it with the AP move. This team showed they, they make no halftime adjustments. Him, Norm Minuski, you had the game one. And, and you just you just fold it. I don't see a win this week, next week. Giants is the best way to do it. If you're going to change head coaches, change QBs, and let the good times roll after that. But you knew that the schedule was what it was. You knew there was a very good chance you were going to go in 5-1-4 and four in April when you saw the schedule, right? But so, also, also, you did not know what we're looking at right now. But you knew. You knew what Jay you was. You knew what the schedule was. You knew when you brought like. him back, you knew what it was. You knew that there was a chance... If you were going to fire Jay at one and three or one and four in April, in which you saw the schedule, <laughs> that's just right. wrong to bring him back. Yeah, but no at the same so. time, you right? had Trent was on there. You had you're going in with guys that's you thought Jay's you had a one fault. two punch so AP. Kevin O'Connell, and by the way, it's oh. not going to be Kevin O'Connell as interim. Really? Mm-hmm. Who do you, who would you, you go with? I think you give it to Callahan in the interim and then let O'Connell. Oh wow! Take over. Okay. Callahan's that, done that, it. That, that I don't know sense. if you give I, a rookie guy on an interim. You know what I mean? I I would. I would just because I understand the fact with Callahan he has experience. But with O'Connell, get him, get his feet wet now. Get him going now. Get him and Haskins going but then now. What? When you, you give him the job year? after O'Connell? Get to him. You give him the job next year? Yes. If you have him interim now, that means you're, you're looking for him to go forward. That's why I say give it to him now. Because I, I the mean, only reason I would say no Callahan, is because what happens if you give him the interim at, after week four and you still go two and 12? Mm, good point. But – it's and the okay. offense stinks. But, but, but if the offense stinks, yeah. but what is he? What has he got to work with? You're also going to give him the benefit of doubt. You've given yeah. Jay six years of benefits of doubt. True. <laughs> when it comes to injuries <laughs> or personnel or whatever it is, he's had all sorts of rope and leniency to get to this point. So what is it going to kill you with a new guy to say, okay, I gave you an interim job. I threw you right in there in the middle of the season. Okay, fine. We'll start fresh, and we'll let you Jay, start building. Jay is going to coach 16 weeks. Oof. Hot take. Sixteen weeks of this? Yeah, I don't. I don't think he he can't make sixteen. If, if unless he, Jay drops the mic, and <laughs> and says you know what? It's looking like he what, might. Uh, I would never, not be listen, I would not be surprised either. But if, if Jay stuck goes out that the, long, you know, and and this continues, and and you're looking at that that three and thirteen that everybody Oof. thought was so, even myself thought was so insulting going into this season, which it's week two, and we're hitting the panic button. But it, there's a lot to panic about right now. George. So if you're looking at that, then the, I don't. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know. but it's is, overreaction Monday. Is the season lost already in week no, two? The season's not lost yet. I don't think it's lost yet. You don't think so? No, I don't. I, I, I think that there's. I mean, you're at the. You're getting close to the top of the roller coaster. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I give you that. You, you, because we on the rebel because, deal. We're, we're inching very close to that drop. <laughs> it's getting because, close because so many of the same issues that we've seen over the last years. We saw on Sunday a also lead, you know, same. penalties, right? Miscommunication, same. no halftime adjustments, no adjustments. None. That's where I'm with you. And on no that. killer instinct at yeah. all. No. I've seen these teams be resilient under Jay. They've come back to win games and and to put themselves in position Which to win games. Which we saw last year, right? When they but, were six and three. But on the converse side of that, when they have a lead, 
They do not make adjustments. They do not put their foot on their opponent's throat and keep it there. Deshaun Jackson told his teammates mm-hmm. in the locker room halftime, yeah. they think they won already. Sure did. They think they've already got this sealed and in the bag. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. That's how it unfolded because they take the foot off the gas and they coast. They make no adjustments. The team comes out flat, and it happens time and time again, and you cannot sustain leads you, like that, and they don't. You would have thought in that locker room Sunday that it could have been weeks 18 from a year ago. Like, just the continuation. Already exhausted. And players right? say, we don't yeah. want this to be, like, the same right. year. It's a different year. And the fact that— But it creeps into their minds, right. too. Right. The, and then, to me, it, it's, it seems lost because the fact that Trent has posted a picture uh-huh. of him in front of a private jet with four of his boys, and they going, he's going on a trip, and it's not we, the We showed AP that picture yesterday. He hadn't seen it. He mm. said, let me are see they, that uh, Yeah. Are they still playing music at practice? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Might I mean, listen, they, they might as well have a whole concert. It doesn't make doesn't any make? sense. I don't get when you, bands. when when you lose and you're doing the same stuff, you might as well change something to try to think it may affect the way that you approach and prepare for an NFL game. But that's Case just me. Keenum I'm crazy. Week, Case Keenum said he's never been around game planners like Kevin and Jay. Oh, sure. Of course let, not. Let, let, course let's not. say this. What is no, the definition? No, in a positive way. No, I know. No. I'm just being sarcastic. Well, to us, it's not in. But what is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and hoping to get different results. Yes. That is what that sums up the tenure of Jay Gruden six years as the Redskins. So let's get as to the second question: Has Jay Gruden checked out, or is he sort of checked out? And he's kind of like, well, I'm not going to be here next year. It just doesn't seem this guy motions. gives. Yeah, Georgie. I mean, I think Jay. If Jay is going to go out, I think Jay is going out on his terms. If Jay wants, if they he wanted to cut AP, the front office said no. All right, I'm going to bench AP. If they're if they're really overriding his after praising him for talent evaluation and everything that he they've praised him, and then ta- you know then pulling the rug out from under him, then Jay's like you know what I'm going to go out on my own I'm going to go out the way I go out and he knows he can coach he's going to be a good coordinator I think Jay will get another shot as a head coach just for everything he's dealt with and look it hasn't been god awful here either for everything that he has had to deal with with injuries. Look, I've been a Jay guy. There's no secret. I like Jay. I think he does a good job. And I'm not. So we're on on, on both spectrums. Right. And you know what? The thing that gets me, I was warming up to him this offseason. I really was. So what? After one week? It's it's, it's back to the great. He took me right back to where I was. The AP move started it. And then how the second half unfolded, it's the same Thing. It's the same soup served in a different bowl. Listen, it's the same thing over and over again with him, and I'm right back to square one with him. All right, next question uh, with Adrian Peterson being mentioned there. That's what I want to get to, guys. No AP in week one. By the way, who predicted that? Well, you it was kind of there was talk about yeah, it. Sort of yeah. I mean, but I was just trying to give myself credit. He, he, you get it. You get the credit. You threw it out there. I did, and we didn't want to hear it because I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. We didn't I said believe the fact, it when, it, be that when it came up in that press conference, I could not believe we were having that conversation. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There was no hurricane, by the way, that hit. No, but if, uh, if the hurricane, there was hit, no yeah. Adrian Peterson oh, either. The hurri- yeah, it was also, in green and white. Is what hit on Sunday is the hurricane. Yeah, but also. Is this a game where he lines up in the I formation 55? What, what did he say? 55 he times. 55 so, times? So AP started laughing at that. He goes, ah, but I will say we did that 17, 18 times. Exactly. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. So with that said, what do you guys expect? No Darius Geis now six to eight weeks after a surgery. By no guys. By the way, he is going on IR. He is, is going on yeah, IR, yeah. yeah. We are taping this on Friday afternoon, so we just got the word. Is that with a designation word. or he's just done? To return. You can, can come oh, back, yeah. right. Yeah. Because what, six, six to eight yeah. weeks? Yeah. yeah. What do we expect from Adrian Peterson Sunday against Dallas, Jamal? To run angry. <laughs> I expect to see a Hall of Fame player with a huge boulder of a chip on his shoulder 
and he is going to come out and show not just Jay, but everybody else who may have thought that Jay was right in what he did or that, that AP, well, maybe he has lost a step. I think he is going to run angry. He's going to run hard. He's going to run through people, and he is going to remind people who AD is, who all day is. Only problem with that is I'd be much more confident if 71 was on the field, but either way, Adrian Peterson is going to make something happen. Whether the rest of the, the, the offense comes with him, I don't know. Flowers was was not as bad as I thought he was going to be. Right. If he gets his, he's a, a massive individual. If he gets his hands on people, and I hope they put Wes Martin behind him and bring him up this week, AP's going to run hard, he's going to run angry, and he's probably run for 100 yards. Georgie. I agree with that. I can't believe I just said that with agreeing with Jamal. But I think that he is. Um, you just, can't help yourself. I know. Once you in a can't while. Help. Once in a while. It's Friday. Um, I think AP comes out with a, on a mission. I think he's in Jay's mm-hmm. ear all week. I think Jay. I think he's going to get the ball, and I think he's going to make things happen. I do, especially now with Jordan Reed out uh, and set things up for McLaurin, for Terry McLaurin and, and Paul Richardson. I mean, look, I don't think Case Keenum played horrible last week. I don't think the offense no. looked horrible. I thought Jay called a great first half. And the other thing, and again, I'm going to defend my buddy. Go ahead. Yes, In the more. second half, he dialed up the long the play to McLaurin. He just overthrew him. That would have been a t- touchdown. Right. Paul Richardson dropped the next play. So I don't think Jay called an awful game. Back The defense Four straight third and longs couldn't get off the field either. Right. I'm going to blame them too. But anyway. Oh, yeah. I, I buried, Minuski yeah. also did not make any adjustments, right. which he's going to have to because Kellen Moore is dialing up some wild yeah. stuff over there in Dallas. Yeah. And the thing with these young coordinators like him, McVay, Shanahan, and this new group coming up, and hopefully O'Connell is one of those guys, you have to make adjustments because their their schemes are fluid. Yeah. It doesn't Whatever you put out there, they've got to plan A, B, C, D, and E to counteract that and still work their philosophy and their game plan to what they want to do. But you can dictate whatever. They've got something to counteract that. And we have got – Minuski has got to scheme better. Yeah. And then, you know, let's hope he does. It's uh, prediction but I time. Think AP, I think AP goes nuts on Sunday. Goes nuts. Although if you're Dallas, you're knowing that they've got to rely on him heavily. Sure. So and then make, then make Keenan beat you. So you got you to pick your, you know, X and O's pick your poison. Right. Prediction Wait, time. Wait, you don't think he's going to go nuts? No. You don't? I'm going to go the other way. He'll have a, he'll have a tough go. I'm not going to start him, but I'm going to put him in my flex this week. And he, <laughs> That's and, all that matters. And, and he might be for you daily fantasy player. I know Chi's not in here right now, but he might be a cheap get mm-hmm. to put in your daily. Prediction time. What do you what do you see happening on Sunday? I don't think uh, I was right last week. I, I've had Philadelphia covering the spread. Well, they had, so that, that, that well. stung. Yeah, like 31 that, to 13? I think it was 37, 13. Something wild like that. Well, well was, the, uh, when they scored, right, to go up, uh, whatever they, Philadelphia Square, the last touchdown. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the entire yeah. press box, like cover, they cover. You can tell the fans yeah. do. But then when the Redskins scored yeah. that other touchdown, that yeah. was the immediate. Was like, oh my god. So what do you think? Dallas is favored by like five and a half. Mm. I will go Dallas thirty-one, Redskins twenty. George. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I think they're gonna win. I think the Redskins. Redskins? Win. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. No, I do. I think, and as our good friend Ben Standing, Standing put it, because just because why not, and because it makes no sense. But I think that they, I think that, I think you're going to get uh, Prescott to come in. Look, they they held Elliott in check last year in the first game. They won the game. I think Elliott's still working his way back, and I think I do. I think this defense has too much potential to let. The miscommunication stuff happened again. Norman was quite pissed off about it, mm. and he said they're going to fix it. And I think that group is too veteran not to fix it. 
And I think the offense, you know, you never know. You hit a couple plays here and there. I think that they win a 24-21 game because they have no business doing it. I what do you think of that? I agree huh? with you to a certain extent about uh, what you said about the defense. Yeah. Problem is, no Moreau. Dunbar. Questionable. Is probably not going to play. Probably yeah. won't play. Yeah. You're looking at DRC who played a sprinkling of minutes last week. He didn't play much. He's he's a vet. You can play him inside, outside. Mm-hmm. I, I like him. He can still he still has, got, has wheels. Uh, the problem is with Mr. Norman. Mr. Norman, as we see, the still does not match up well on speed. Size gives him problems. You can't put him on Amari Cooper. He's going to get burnt. You can't put him on Gallup because apparently last year, Gallup as a rookie gave him problems. And as Mike Mayock would say, he's a, a height, weight, speed guy. Mm-hmm. He is going to give him fits. So then what do you do? And now you, you've got, uh, oh, my God, what is, lost his name. Randall. What's his name? Jesus Who are Christ. Who you talking about? Randall, <laughs> Randall Cobb. Oh, Cobb. Oh, okay. So now you get, okay, skip on. So now you've got Randall Cobb in the mix as well. To me, this It's too many moving parts. Jimmy Moreland is, is, is learning. You can try to get the communication down all you want. I don't think this is a week you do it because you have too many pieces missing from from that secondary. The front, okay, settle, next man up. They picked up the kid from Philly. Uh, he can play a little bit. McGill. So you've got those two guys to plug in. You don't have Allen. You don't have Brantley. But the, the secondary, yeah, Zeke only ran for they ran 89 yards last week against the Giants. You got some big bodies up front, but they have no sort of pass rush. We get a pass rush. Sweat looks a little he looks like a rookie, but I think he'll get through that. Problem is that secondary, they they threw for four hundred yards last week. This is gonna be Swiss cheese. It's gonna be hard to look at. You thought it was hard last week watching Deshaun Jackson run a marathon of long bombs. Amari Cooper, Gallup, Cobb. They're gonna go off, but please don't let Jason with an old ass score a touchdown. Oh, that's, that's yeah, like he did last week. Give that's embarrassing. I can take the rest. Don't let him do that. But that long your story short, prediction? I say all that to say this. That's his thirty-five. Line. That's his line. By the way, seventeen. Cowboys. Cowboys. Oh yeah. my god! I, 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 I don't think Dak is great, but I think Kellen Moore puts them in great positions to score. I think this defense is. I don't think I've ever heard you go much. that far against. The I skins. never have. Never. This is like but, a but this is like a historic day. That's how I feel about the state of the secondary, not the defense as a whole. Okay. But the Are secondary you going to the coming game? off. You going to the game? No. <laughs> no, I, I no. Georgia will be there. I enjoy watching from my home. Okay? Yes, because, exactly. Because you have they have made it a not enjoyable experience. Okay. Huh? That sounds familiar. Yes, it does. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. All right. Let's see how it shakes down this weekend. Yeah. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm at J Frank Hanran. George is at G Wallace WTOP. Jamal is at DMV Sports 2015. The DMV Sports Roundtable is on Apple Podcasts, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, and WTOP's mobile app. Just click listen. Thanks for listening to the DMV Sports Roundtable. We'll talk to you next week.